0: men, but never, so far as I can recollect, have we considered a case of forgery. That's why we've chosen as the subject of today's programme the career of one of the most notorious of British criminals. The Pioneers of some new discovery in any professional art invariably gain fame. In the case of today's subject, notoriety would be a better word, for there must be few who have not at some time heard the name of Jim the Penman. (laughs) almost a hundred years ago. Scotland Yard, as we know it today, did not exist, but the predecessors of those scientific and relentless crime fighters that we know today fought in their own way, with their own weapons, the war against Jim the Penman. Hare was one of the most cunning and elusive of all criminals. When his true identity was revealed, it was one of the greatest sensations of the age.
1: Hi, Charlie. How'd you get on last night? Oh, not so good. Cracked the crib, opened up the safe, and there wasn't more than ten pound in gold. Ten pound for three months' work. Well, didn't you get anything else? Uh, only some blank checks on Barclays Bank and a few old cancelled checks. Well, what can I do with that? Listen, Charlie, have you ever heard of Jim the Pigman? Of course I have.
2: But how's he going to help me? You just leave it to me. So he's got two checks and these cancelled ones. Here, I borrowed them. Take a look.
1: Yes, we might do something, Uh, All these are on the account of Mr. Charles Eaton of Brick Lane Spitalfields. Who is Mr. Eaton?
2: Well, he's he's an ironmonger. Got a nice little business, I should say. Plenty of money in the bank, eh?
1: Yes, but how much money? I think we'll go and take a look at Mr. Eaton's premises. Come along, my friend. I always believe in making sure. There. First shop on the right. Mm, Let's take a closer look. gives you some idea of the care with which Jim the penman would handle every little job he undertook. But that was only the beginning in this particular case. Having inspected the premises, Jim the penman then extended a little bait. He took one of the two blank checks and made it out for the small sum of 20 pounds. The other he made out for a much larger sum. And then went and cashed them. Oh, no. Master Jim was no fool. This is what he did. Now, oh, Charlie, I want you to get a hold of somebody you can trust. Somebody who doesn't know me and who can be relied upon. All right, Jim. What do I have to tell him? Simply this. He's got to go to the bank and cash this cheque. The first cheque for 20 pounds. Do I go with him? No, you just follow him. You needn't even let him know he's being followed. Keep an eye on him. Collect the money, give him a guinea for his trouble, and come back to me. Oh, well, suppose he doesn't get away with it. Come to me as quickly as possible. Warn me, and then disappear. <laughs> You're a sharp Jim. But suppose I collect the money and then disappear. It would be rather a shame, wouldn't it? Particularly as I have the larger check to cash, all for myself. You're certainly a sharpen, Jim. A real sharpen. Everything
0: went perfectly
1: to plan. The first check was cashed successfully, and Charlie went back to Jim. Good work. Uh, Well, now I think we'd be safe to try the large check. I'll get hold of my pal again. Oh, no, you don't. This time we've got to be really careful. You mean I'll have to find somebody new? Oh, maybe I could cash it myself. Maybe you could, but you won't. I'm going to pick somebody this time. What about me? You'll follow him and see that everything goes all right. Oh, I don't see why you can't trust me. But this was typical of Jim Le Penman's caution. Not only did he plant a fresh confederate to cash the large check, not only did he put Charlie to watch this man, but to make thoroughly sure... He put someone else on to watch Charlie. (laughs) Thus, Jim the Penman plied his trade you imagine he was finally caught? Careless forgery? Oh, no. As so often happens in crime, the ultimate slip which cost him his freedom had nothing whatever to do with his actual forging. It was all due to a faulty memory. Let me show you what happened. The scene is the office of Barclays Bank in Yarmouth. A well-dressed, middle-aged man has entered the bank and is talking to one of the clerks. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Good morning, sir. I've uh, come to collect some money which has been remitted here. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, what is the name? Uh, Ralph. James Ralph. It's a draft for £250. Mm-hmm. It was lodged with your Lombard Street branch. and it, it was arranged that it could be withdrawn here. Uh, very good, sir. I'll just make inquiries. Uh, would you wait a moment? Oh, surely. Uh, I shan't be long. I'll just look through the files. Um, perhaps you'll take a seat, sir. Well, sir, it's quite true that a sum of £250 has been transferred to the bank, and we are instructed to pay out. Well, that's right. It was lodged by Mr. Whitney in London. Uh, yes, that's true. And he's given instructions that we have to pay it to him. Well, that's all right. But you don't understand, sir. Of course I understand.
2: I, I paid the money in myself.
1: But you are Mr. Ralph. Oh, well, there's,
2: uh, there's been some mistake. I- I'll get in touch with London. Now, I'll come in to see you later.
1: Very good.
0: Mr. Ralph. The clerk at Barclays Bank thought it over, and feeling there was something suspicious, spoke to the manager. The manager made inquiries and found that in Yarmouth and its vicinity... there had been several cases of the passing of forged cheques. The police were informed and Mr. Ralph, alias Mr. Whitney... whose real name was actually Hardwick, was arrested.
1: And the joke of it all was that Hardwick, call him Whitney or Ralph or what you will... had actually lodged £250 with Barclays Bank in London... Yes, it had been another of the astute ideas of Jim the Penman. The plan was that the money should be put to the credit of Hardwick in Yarmouth so as to build up an appearance of prosperity. In other words, to draw away suspicion from Hardwick. Hardwick himself, posing as Whitney, had lodged the money in London with the intention of drawing it at Yarmouth. Unfortunately, during his career in crime, Hardwick had used so many aliases that he'd forgotten the right name. Such is fate. And now the hunt was on.
0: In the lodgings of Hardwick at Yarmouth, the police came across a letter. It was in a strange handwriting and read as follows.
1: My dear friend, I did not write on Saturday because I expected today to have been able to have rectified your unfortunate mistake. Mr. Roberts attended again this morning at Barclays to have their determination under the circumstances. It is this, that Mr. Whitney must intend himself at Barclays and explain the matter, and sign a fresh note with his name, the same as he signed the paying note. They will then send the fresh note as instructions to pay James well. Pray do not move further in other matters until this is arranged. I beg of you not to do so. I can see through a brick wall sometimes. I see through one now. Be guided by me, for I am generally secure by caution. You must come up directly to London. Make no other move. Your faithful friend,
0: J. Signed with the letter J. J, or Jim. In Hardwick's lodgings revealed something of the character of Jim the Penman, if he was the mysterious Jay.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it is Jim the Penman. It's an educated letter, the letter of a man who's learned to be careful and is clever enough to take precautions, the sort of precautions which we know the Penman is in the habit of taking. The thing is that probably Jim the penman lives a perfectly ordinary life. Prosperous, well-to-do, where nobody's suspecting his real identity. I wonder what he's doing now.
3: Jim, what's the matter? Nothing. But you look worried. Is it one of your cases? In a way. I think it's a sad profession, being a lawyer. You not only have your own worries, but all the worries of your clients as well. Which one is it this time, Jim?
1: It's a friend of mine. He's down at Yarmouth. What's the matter with him? That's just the trouble. I don't know. I wrote him last week and I've not heard from him.
3: Perhaps he's ill.
1: He could have sent word.
3: (laughs) I know. Why don't you go down to Yarmouth, Jim? The fresh air would do you good and you could see your friend and find out what's the matter.
1: That's quite a good idea.
0: The police so far had only this one letter. No address, no contact, nothing. And Hardwick believed in the thieves' honour and refused to talk. At Yarmouth, the inspector in charge of the case had reached a dead end.
1: Let's look at the case from a different angle. We can't find Jim the payment and we're worried about it. But surely he must be worried too. No word from Hardwick, no news. What would he do? He'd be cautious, of course, He'd I make contact with somebody who knew Hardwick. Who does know Hardwick in Yarmouth, I mean? Oh, I don't rightly really know that anyone knows him, sir. Just a stranger. Wait a bit, though. After he was arrested, a lady come to see him at the police station. A cousin, I think it was. Some relative, anyway. Uh-huh. Where does she live? Oh, I don't know, but she come again and brought some food. Maybe she'll come again to see him tomorrow. Well, if she does, I'd like a word with
0: her. And sure enough, the lady came on the morrow. The inspector had her brought into his room.
1: Don't get worried. I'm not going to eat you.
3: I hope you're not, sir. I've done nothing wrong. I hadn't seen my poor cousin for ten years until he came to Yarmouth last week.
1: And why do you think he came to see you then?
3: Sure, I don't know. Not her cousin's love, I warrant that. Maybe he wanted to use me for something. That's what I was thinking. But I'll not give evidence against him. He's my cousin, after all.
1: Yes, of course. Have you any other relatives?
3: Yes, several more. But no more on my cousin's side.
1: Hmm. Did your cousin have many friends?
3: I don't think so. He has one, though.
1: He hasn't been to see him. Not in person, I mean.
3: No, he came to collect his things. Came all the way from London. Did he, now? he just came to pick up any letters and personal belongings. You see, my cousin had arranged to receive his letters through me. It was just a convenience.
1: And this friend of his, has he
3: gone back to London? Yes, I think so. I don't know his address or anything. Well, perhaps you
1: could describe him to me.
3: An educated man he was. No sight about him, though. Real nice. He said, Call me Jim. <laughs>
0: Confirmation that Jay was Jim the Penman, but with his usual caution, the penman had left no trail. However, there was one witness who could identify him if the police could ever lay their hands on this elusive master criminal. Meantime, the case against Hardwick was brought to judgment. It was obvious that he was not the principal culprit for the forgeries which had taken place at Yarmouth, but there was enough evidence to convict him, and in those days the law was harsh to such men as he.
1: I am called upon to pass sentence upon you, and for the reasons that I have assigned, it is impossible for me to stop short of the utmost limits to which the law permits the punishments to proceed. I therefore pass sentence upon you of transportation for life... In the position of serving the harshest sentence. He knew that whatever else was revealed, he could receive no sterner punishment than that, by turning King's evidence, he might conceivably receive a remission of part of his sentence. The temptation was too great. He gave way.
2: All right, I'll tell you. It's Jim the Penman you want, and I'm the man who can tell you. The laugh is that all you policemen, you lawyers, and all the rest of you never knew that the reason that Jim is so clever is that he is a man of the law himself. What do you mean? Jim the Penman? He's a barrister. What? I'm telling you the truth, and there are few men who know it. His real name is Sayward. I found it out, never mind how. You can be sure, he never told me.
1: You prepared to make a sworn statement?
2: If it'll do any good, I'm prepared to do anything.
0: James Townsend Sayward, alias Jim the Penman, he was a man of good birth and education, a barrister who had enjoyed some minor successes. The police acted quickly.
1: What do you want? I have here a warrant for the arrest of James Townsend Saywood. He is not here.
3: A warrant? What's he done?
1: Never mind that now. Where is he and who are you?
3: I'm his wife. Where he is, the Lord only knows. He went away a week ago and I've not seen him since. He's never done this before. Where can he be?
1: That's what we like to know, ma'am.
0: The Penman had disappeared with a cunning that was characteristic of him. Somewhere among the teeming multitudes of London, he'd lost his identity and had gone into hiding.
1: But this time, the Penman was not so fortunate. Thieves like rats are the first to desert a sinking ship. And soon the news went round that Jim the Penman no longer had the charm touch. <laughs>
2: Hello?
1: i didn't think i'd see you here what do you mean who are you ah come <coughs> on jim my name's not jim bill hopkins that's my name bill or jim i know your face that man come over here in the corner More private. Now. you can't fool me i've heard about Aldwick and the police been after you quiet ma'am. well what is it you want i have a check here i want you to find a man to go and cash it let me see here you are it's a good one. If it's your work, I know it's good. The question is, how good? What do you mean? I'm taking no risks. The police are after you, and if I get caught with this check, they'd have me too. But we've made money together. You made money. My share was never much. This time, Mr. Penman, you're on your own. Don't forget, you're on your own. right, sir. I seen him in a coffee house in John Street, just off Oxford Street. What name was he using? Hopkins. Bill Hopkins. You come along with me. Hello.
3: Hello. What's your pleasure, sir?
1: Have you seen a friend of mine, Bill Hopkins, recently?
3: Uh, no, sir don't know
1: him. Well, if you see him, just uh, tell him I'm looking for him, will you? What name shall I give? Oh, no name. Just tell him a friend is looking for him.
0: (laughs) But the police were no fools. They'd even borrowed a trick from Jim the penman. You remember how, when he was cashing a forged check, he'd always plant a man to watch over his confederate? when the inspector had walked into the public house he knew that among the customers there was a police spy the inspector had not been gone more than a few minutes and the barmaid was seen to go through to the back of the public house and to enter a small room the spy gave a signal the inspector rushed into the pub together with two other men and first open the door
1: Mr. Hopkins, I've been looking for you. My name's not Hopkins. Oh, I don't think it is. It's Sayward. You're altogether right. I think we're altogether right. Do you know a man called Hardwick? Never heard of him. Hold him in. Search him. Let go of me. Here we are, sir. Two chicks. <coughs> two blank chicks. Oh. All right. I suppose it's no use holding up any longer. I am Jim Sayward. Oh.